Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I just like to think that they don't need us yet or we haven't evolved enough as a society and creature that they just keep passing the planet. Like they're just so, like, we don't yeah. want them yet. We don't That's want it. actually we another one of them it. too. They, they know that we exist and they don't want to disturb us. Yeah. Like how the Amazon, you don't, you're like, like you've never taken a plane to the Amazon and walked up to some random tree, pulled it back, found a bug and you were like squish. Yeah. And then like <laughs> left, like, like you just never done that. Yeah. And you're probably never going to do that. No. Right. So it's like, well, then why would the aliens who are super yeah, advanced? Yeah, we don't have anything that they need. Why would they come yeah. bother us? Guys, welcome back to the Random Theory Podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. He is the man that has done it all. From being a professional stunt rollerblader, being on America's Got Talent, Big Brother, several national news shows, and currently the host for the competition reality show on Netflix called Blown Away. And on top of all of that, has a science-focused YouTube channel and a TikTok with 7.4 million followers. He is someone I look up to and hope that I have an impressive resume like him one day and someone that I hope that I can bring as much energy into the science space as he does. The one, the only, Nick Uhas. Thank you. Happy to be here. Also, like, this is so great. I, I, I've been actually where you are right now, and I feel like it's a very rare thing. Like, that's just super rare to say, like, I've been in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, this all happens in the basement of a house. A lot of people don't realize that's what, where we are, what we're doing. Um, so props to you for being the few that have literally been in this basement, in this room. <laughs> I actually took a photo um, because it was so iconic that I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like I need to document this moment. And yeah. what was interesting is like, yeah, I was always so curious. Where in the house is this studio? Where is the stage? Mm-hmm. And then I was like kind of 
I wouldn't say shocked, but like based off of some of the videos where there's yeah. like fire, I yes. was like, wow, like <laughs> you're under, like this is a very poorly ventilated space. So like props, very, but yeah. wow. Very poorly ventilated. I We're constantly opening the back door and just like bringing in fresh air. It's always, a, it's that. a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for anyone that doesn't know who you are and to not know you, you have to live under a rock. Um, basically let them know who you are, what you do and yeah. what you love. <laughs> Absolutely. So my name is Nick Juhas. Um, I've been in the science influencer space uh, for about 10 years. I started, actually, my whole new media career started with College Humor. Not, I don't know, a lot, a lot of people don't know that, but... No way! Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I, and this is going to get into some of the lore, if you will, but I auditioned to be on the, the reality TV show Big Brother, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do it because I saw all my friends who were in YouTube, they were blowing up, and I thought, I need to, get, I need to like... I need to retrace like ground that I lost while I was in New York for three years. And so I went on Big Brother to build a social media presence. And after that happened, I started a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but I was a biology major in school. So I thought, well, what, what better thing to do than start uh, a show specifically about science? And so my Literally. first, yeah, and my Literally. first video, <laughs> yeah, well, my first video was uh, Why is Grass Green? And at the, at the time, the oh. style was this like, very different style than it is now. At the time, it was all about like the vlog bros and yeah, 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 yeah. The who, who's like the original science Bill guy? Bill Nye. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye is my original science guy. <laughs> okay, that's fair. You got me there. Um, but anyways, they had this sort of a it was an explainer type content. Okay. Then eventually, actually inspired completely by the King of Random. I got into demonstrable science. Amazing. And so like that seemed to be something that I was like, I could do that. Like sure. I have like the skills and understanding. I used to work as a carpenter with my with my dad growing up. And so I was like, I know how to have I know how to like u- utilize power tools mm-hmm. and like build stuff. And so um, at the time I was living in LA and I was like, I was making stuff in a one bedroom apartment and I was <laughs> utilizing my parking space and we actually created a potato cannon. That's and I didn't amazing. Re- I didn't- <laughs> That's so amazing. So <laughs> I didn't realize- literally if someone ever complains about space, like I don't have enough space to be successful. Yeah, no. I don't have enough space to do whatever. You can be like, you are wrong. I use a parking wrong. space. <laughs> yeah. I used a parking space and just one horse. We only had one horse. Like we didn't only have- one. <laughs> Only one. I don't know how that worked out. And like I had a really small cubicle and we shoved all the plywood and stuff for like, uh-huh. you know, so we couldn't burn the ground. Yeah. Um, for what we were working on. But with the potato launcher, I didn't realize it. I'm in a very densely packed, you know, neighborhood. This is in right. Los Angeles. And uh, those are incredibly loud, by the way. So I mean, loud. It's like, the amount of pressure. It's like, yeah. you don't even think it would be that loud, but it's like deafening if you're not ready. It is. I mean, it's it's a, it's an explosion depending yes. on the, you know, it's a butane fuel source. It's it's capped off. So it's like the only thing pushing out the potato like literally is the explosion. It's a, it's a cannon. It's a small cannon. And so it, um, that surprised us. So then we started realizing like, yeah, maybe we need to like not be here. <laughs> we need to like not be here. T-Court did and not so, get that memo. Let's be very clear. <laughs> We're still in a neighborhood. <laughs> I love it. Um, so your neighbors must be cool. And so from there, I actually worked for the Weather Channel. Um, doing science it was a it was a show called weather science and it was mm-hmm. all about it was like Mythbusters, but specifically for weather yeah and then i started my youtube channel was growing and then Which, I started being on the weather channel is my dream by the way like you hey, lived look, my dream for a little bit <laughs> i like know people if you know if you need to know somebody i i got you on this. i'm down i will i'm really gonna be like hey nick <laughs> <you got? laughs> 
So after the, the YouTube channel had been going on for a while and we started doing more demonstrable science, I went on America's Got Talent again to like sort of like do mm -hmm. a brand build. Um, and this was kind of right around the same time that um, I actually moved into a house. So then I turned my garage into this space, which we've now dubbed the Science Factory. It looks fantastic. It looks Thank so you. good. Um, this is when TikTok came out. TikTok came out right at this is a really cool time frame, actually right before COVID. So our TikTok really exploded because we had years worth of doing these really cool, fun, demonstrable yep. science experiments, learn from the king of random content, honestly, um, with trying to put our own little spins on it, you know, as we mm -hmm. go. So it's like something fresh and new. But when TikTok came out, like there was like no one on the platform. No. And so I just, I just started blasting content, blasting and very quickly uh, gained a following. And then in 2019 with David Dobrik, we created the most viewed video of 2019 on TikTok. With I didn't know it was the most viewed video. The most of the whole year. So it had 266 million views. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Um, like, I feel like the watch time is something absurd. It's like 8,000. It's some, It's just a ridiculous watch time hours, even though it's only nine seconds. It's only nine seconds. That's like the. But could you imagine if we took all our watch time that we've all ever taken and like put it into a, like a time period where they just compiled all the days and hours Trillions. and weeks? Like, it'd Trillions. be insane how much time we've wasted <laughs> just, like, scrolling. It's a lot, trust me. <laughs> um, but then, so from there, I actually got the opportunity to host a Netflix show, um, kind of all right around the same time. It's a show that's actually about glassblowing, but from my background in reality TV, yeah. they wanted somebody who had a science angle. Specifically, they, were, they, mm -hmm. they like, that was in the casting. We want someone who has a science angle to glass, but has done reality TV and as a host, and I was like, yo, hello. Like <laughs> You're like, this has my name all over it. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually in the desert. I was doing a 24-hour shoot where we were sending ice cream to the edge of outer space. Yeah. Because I was on a weather balloon. Mm -hmm. So we were really curious if, you know, you had ice cream at whatever elevation you were at. Mm -hmm. Would it melt or would it freeze by the time it got to that temperature? Right. And so... We were really curious about that, and so that was a whole impetus for, the, for that video. But what we didn't realize is that when you're working with the weather balloon, it's, it's almost impossible They don't to find... go where you think they're going to go. They go no. everywhere else other than where you think it's going to be. <laughs> so we did this in this part of California where it's like you drive up to um, Mammoth Mountain. Yep. So you go through like Bishop, and you go through all these other like, you know, people know these. It's this one track. It's kind of like yeah. on the backside of this mountain range. And on the on the backside of that mountain range is Death Valley. So of course, our weather balloon goes up and doesn't come back down into like Bishop area. It goes up and goes down and into Death Valley. So it went over the mountain range. Over the mountain range, and we were like, "Oh, no sweat, no sweat!" Like, look, look, like you can see on Google Maps, like there's a road that's gonna take you there. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like. A road on Google Maps isn't always a real road. No, it's, like it's a, not. It's not a real road. <laughs> it's like a dirt path. There are always so, dirt paths. <laughs> and so we just had a six-passenger minivan, like not like a you know big truck, like not like a four by four, like a minivan. So we we do the math and we realize that like if we do decide to go find the weather balloon, yeah, it'll we'll roughly get there at like three in the morning mm -hmm. from where we were. Like that's how long it was going to take to go around this mountain range and get into yeah. That. Okay, fine. But then we didn't calculate properly that the the, the like the, the time while you were on your feet to walk out to it mm -hmm. would be like another hour. 
So we finally got to the weather balloon, which I can't believe we found it. That's always the amazing part. Yeah. But we but we finally got to it at like 4 a.m. So like just to get back to L.A. was going to land us back at like 7-ish, 8-ish in yeah. the morning. And that's exactly when we left. So like everyone had stayed up oh, for like literally my gosh. 24 hours. And when I came back and I fell asleep, right? Because yeah. it was like, we got the footage and we were so happy. You're like, I need like five minutes just to like crash. <laughs> And I and I crashed so hard, and I was like in that delusional type sleep, right. you know, where you're like, I don't even know what day it is. You're like, what I don't know what's is. real. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You're like, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, you don't even. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I got the call for the Netflix show that like I got it while I was in that crazy delusional sleep. Oh my! And gosh. so, uh, so my girlfriend at the time was like. She woke me up and told me that I got it, but I was just like, I don't know where I am. What did I get? Like, that's amazing. And then I just remember being like, I'm happy. And then I fell back to sleep. <laughs> but like, I almost didn't get it. Like, I almost like didn't get it because they were moving so fast. And so I had to like get my visa because it shoots in Canada. So like, yeah. they were like moving so quickly. They're like, well, you need to know like today. And I was like, wow, the one day that you needed to know, I was like, in Death Valley, so you were like, I was a zombie. I literally yeah. wasn't functioning. I wasn't a functioning human at that time. Exactly. No, you know what's funny about radio? Uh, so with weather balloons, when we, when we send them up as meteorologists, we attach radio sons to them, and they're like these styrofoam boxes that basically get all the weather information. It tells you the wind profile, temperatures, dew points, all, like all the nerdy weather things that you want to know. Like it tells you, uh, and puts Love it on that. a graph, really pretty for you. But they actually fall when the balloon pops; they fall out of the sky. And they've been yeah. known to like kill cows and land on how like can land on houses and you're supposed oh, to like wow. put your information on it. Wow. Yeah, you're like, hey, it was me who destroyed yeah. the cow. I'm so I am sorry. So sorry I just killed your cow. But yeah, they like fall out <laughs> of the sky. So there's like another thing to be worried about is radio songs like just Great. falling Everyone, out. Of the sky. Yeah, loves that. <laughs> Are you ready? Amazon Warehouse Hiring Day is coming on October 26th. Amazon will host live hiring events in your city to showcase all the reasons why this Amazon Warehouse is the place to work. Things like competitive pay, great benefits, and so much more. Drop in for some swag, bring a friend, and you could even walk away with a job. To find an Amazon Warehouse Hiring Day event close to you, visit Amazon.com slash hiring day. That's Amazon.com slash hiring day. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Um, but yeah, so who am I? I am now like, I'm a host, I'm a science guy, I'm in the science entertainment space. Um, and I kind of like have now sort of like worked in both sides of the equation, mm -hmm. both in entertainment without science. And then also like, but my day to day is here in this lab creating science content. I love that. So I have a question for you. When you were yeah. not doing science content, and you were just kind of focused on the reality side of things. Like, did you miss the science? Did you feel like you were missing a piece of you? So what's really interesting is that I just never left science, actually. <laughs> so okay. what happened is, like, when I would go do something else, I would just constantly talk about the nerdiest stuff while on set. I they love just it. cut it all out. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, that's, so they, were, that's so they basically just filtered you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Because, like, on the first season, they were like, tell us about, you know, the thermal expansion capacity for, like, soda-lime glass. And, like, tell us, like, what temperature melts and, like, the crystal instruction. I was like, well, there is none. So that's what makes it amorphous and, yeah. like, all this crap. And then, like, literally, like, what made it to, to the cut was, like, I'm Nick you Like, that was it. Like, so it is. <laughs> they so figured funny. Not enough runtime. Yeah. That's TV for you. Uh, how did you discover your love and passion for science? Uh, I think it's a special story for everyone, and I would love for you to share yours with the audience. Absolutely. This is going further back into the timeline, right? Okay. And we're going to go way, way, way far back. 
And then I'm going to like bring you up to kind of where we like started this initial thing. And then actually a lot of this is going to make a lot more sense after I bring you totally up to speed. Sweet. I'm so stoked. Let's go way back in time. (laughs) My parents are, they're still alive They're but they are retired. Mm -hmm. Um, They were both high school teachers. And so education was always like really, really, really um, a focus of growing up. So we had the Encyclopedia Britannica. We like were very encouraged, like Mm -hmm. the curiosity of just going through and and nature and like being outside and reading. Like that was very much a part of growing up. Right. So when I got to sixth grade, sixth grade is kind of this like time frame where you're kind of coming out of elementary and you're kind of developing who you are. It's the stepping stone before you get to middle school, which is like. I'm this guy or like, I'm yep. this girl, you know, like I'm a, I'm preppy. I'm the skater boy, whatever, like whatever, like mold you want to be in. Like that's the time at which you begin to decide. Yep. So sixth grade, I um, got in the homeroom of this guy named Mr. Wilson and Mr. Wilson of the three teachers that you had was the science teacher. So he was our homeroom teacher. And so he spent more time with us teaching and like basically explaining science topics yeah and so that was the initial going i was like hey you know this is pretty cool like i'm kind of into this and then we went to this thing called it was a field trip and it was called big darby creek and big darby creek big darby creek yeah okay i just wanted to make sure that was right (laughs) yeah big old darby (laughs) and so um big darby creek which is kind of a strange name now i think about it um we did samples for microscopes. So like, you know, take you take the oh, water. Oh, I love where this is going. Put it into the thing. And like, bizarrely enough, like as a child, like I guess I never really thought like, like I always thought like water, water, you know, yep. like there's, there's nothing in it. It's just, nothing. that's, that's just water. Mm-hmm. So we do the sample slide. And I remember looking at everything inside there and like, it was like, like, it was like the matrix and the metaverse had collided. Like my brain was like, there's so much more. I just couldn't Nick, believe it. That is literally my story of how I fell in love with science. Oh, wow. That's yes. crazy. I got That's... a microscope for my birthday. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I got no, a microscope for my birthday and looked at pond water for the first time yes. and was hooked. Yes. Could yes. not believe what yes. I was seeing. I was like, this is mind blowing. And until you yes. experience it, you're like, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, it's whatever. And you're like, no, these are itty bitty microscopic organisms living right living. it's like it's like think about it like this it's like as if like you're your god and looking into their universe yes. they don't know you exist but you're just like wow and then you're like <laughs> okay bye but then you're like wait a minute if that's so accessible what else is out there yes and like that really really that same thing same as you then you understand yeah. the feeling the emotion you get it hooked man so then, it like, gives me the butterflies happened? all over again. Like yeah. talking about it gives me those butterflies I felt like I had the first time I played with a microscope or like saw the yeah. world. I guess you could say like uh, it is sort of in a strange way, but like it is euphoric because you're like you're just totally taken aback, and that is yes. so unique that sensation. Um, but so in sixth and seventh grade, I then became a skater boy, and don't forget this <laughs> See part. See you later, boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people said that. Um, <laughs> But this is also where I got really interested in science because I, I just was into it. So then I led with like AP biology yep. as a sophomore and then AP chemistry and then mm-hmm. was in physics. And then naturally then by the time college came around, I chose biology as a major. And right. then I, you know, sort of funneled into the pre-med route because that at the time, like when you're in college, you don't really know what's out there. So it just no. seems like 
doctor, lawyer, engineer. Okay, which which path do I choose? Yep. So then I decided to to go into entertainment, but I didn't have a focus yet. I just knew that I didn't want to do pre-med. That's all I knew. Yeah. And so I started at College Humor because I worked on a feature film um, as like an everything production person. I was doing mm-hmm. BTS and all stuff. And I had a friend who worked on feature film that was shot at Yale through with Kurt Schneider. Um, it was this girl named um, Allison Williams who who went on to do other things. She did like HBO Girls and she was Peter Pan oh, cool. in the, the musical for NBC. Yeah. Um, her dad is um, Brian Williams, the, the, the oh, anchor wow. that was on NBC. Yeah. And so uh, she, at the time, was dating the guy who started College Humor. So she got in touch with him. Mm-hmm. I became a PA. I thought it was awesome. I worked on the pranks team. And then for like three years in New York, I like just did like entertainment, like just whatever – like anything, whatever like, came your matter. way, you were there for it. Hosting, acting, modeling didn't matter. Fit modeling, hand modeling. I was a hand model for a while. Go you, like, <laughs> legit. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I like did it all because I was just trying to get like um, I had to relearn, you know, because yeah. I wasn't uh, a theater, yeah. m- you know, major or whatever. So like, I had to like figure it all out. And so I did in New York, and I, I came to the conclusion that like I really enjoyed hosting mm-hmm. because hosting felt like. You could create content. You could produce something. You could produce a story. Yes. Then it all clicked, like I said, when I came to LA and then I made the first YouTube video with science and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, literally (laughs) this all now makes sense. Now the stunt portion of it came later though. Like the big crazy science experiments. Mm -hmm. I think that is something related to like my bizarre passion for stunts from all the skating days. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now it all makes sense. Like it's like (laughs) stunts, science, entertainment. I love it. That's so yeah. cool. And no, it's so true what you said about the the college scenario is they don't teach you creativity in college. They don't teach you how to produce that or to bring it out on camera or how to exude personality and that has to be 10 times bigger through a camera because otherwise it, it feels flat. Like there's so yeah. much they don't teach you that you just have to figure out on your own or have someone that can teach it to you. 100%. Also too, like think about it like this. It's like the way that the system works for specifically for college is like it has to go through all these boards and it has to be approved yes. and so on and so forth. So for it there to be like a literal textbook, it's got to be like like almost a decade old. Yeah. Well, think about like the contrast between like new media. So like whatever is happening right now in new media, mm-hmm. 10 years from now, like won't exist. It no. just won't matter anymore. No, it's not. It, it's really interesting, too, because I remember like in my meteorology classes in the media class because I did want to be a weather woman on television the big conversation in the room was, okay, news is dying. How are you going to move into new media? Uh, So how are you like news isn't a field that's going to be sustainable forever. Cause like my generation, if you ask anyone in my generation, when's the last time you turned on the television to watch the news or anything, they're going to tell you that. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know the last time I turned on the news. I've been watching the Olympics, but it's been through YouTube TV. So it's not even like the news um and so that's that's, yeah that's like the big struggle right now in media is like what do you do do you abandon the news and turn to just like social and short form content and just like date it or do you stick with news where people can go see i have a theory about this my theory is this is that local news had been like abandoned for so long because we already had national news or we had cnn Mm -hmm. but i think what'll happen now is because we're so inundated with like advertisement through every single different way that i think local news is now becoming more important than ever because it's the fastest way to figure out what's going on actually in your area yeah so like it ironically is like i feel like there's gonna be like bizarrely there will be like a resurgence of local news because it's like the fastest way to find out what's really happening because if you go on twitter 
It's not right. It's not exactly specifically curtailed to your region. Yep. Or, or same thing with Instagram. Same thing with any of these. Yeah. Social media outlets, it's usually national or global, mm-hmm. which has always been, the, which is always the hard thing to do. Now we can, now everything does it that way. Right. So it's like, well, then how do you go in reverse? And it's like, how do you take oh, it yeah. back small? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that local news thing that yeah. people used to do. Yeah. So I, ironically, I watch the local news almost every day at my gym. Really? So yeah, I'm like a local news consumer. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I think you're one of the few still. <laughs> I love it. It's so good because like they have stories that you just don't you would not ever know otherwise. Okay, so one of my favorite things to talk about, and it kind of relates back to us looking at our microscopes and what we saw at the very small level um, is your favorite science topic or your favorite idea that you would like to talk about. We're going to talk about two of them. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Fermi paradox. And the second one I'm going to have you walk me through because it was mind blowing to me. Like this yes. is a whole crazy thing. This is this part of science. It's like very theoretical to, to a certain degree. Right. And that is the Fermi paradox. And the Fermi paradox is like essentially nine theories that are how do aliens exist? Yeah. And it goes really deep into it. And it is actually completely related to the microscope because it's like it's so bizarre to think <laughs> that all those creatures don't know that you exist. Yes. They don't know that you exist <laughs> at all. And, and on top of this. They don't even care that you exist. Yeah, they could literally care less that you exist in this world. They don't. They don't. They couldn't care less at all because you don't impact their their universe at all. Yeah. So actually, one of the um, theories in the Fermi paradox is literally just that, but apply that to aliens and we're the microorganisms, right? Yeah. We're the tardigrades. So it's like <laughs> there's something bigger and smarter and way cooler out there mm-hmm. that knows that we exist, but literally. Doesn't want to take the time to suck you up and put they you on a do slide. Not care. <laughs> Don't they just keep passing by? And and two, that the mechanisms of communication—they're mm-hmm. so smart, they're so large, or whatever. Right. There's no way for them to effectively communicate. Like, how do you communicate to algae? Right? Like, you can't. Right? It's, it's not possible. Just poke it. <laughs> yeah. Can't or like communicate. Any of these, you could destroy it, but then you're not really communicating, no. right? So you've just destroyed its world. Yeah. So that's one of the really fascinating ones. One of the other ones, too, that I think is really cool is that we are aliens. Yes. This (laughs) this is a really interesting concept is that like life came somewhere towards like earlier in the universe Mm -hmm. and that by basically like rockets hitting or not rockets, but um, comets um, or meteorites blasting into other planets, it basically is holding very small amounts of DNA or um, RNA that travel through the solar system. Yeah. And that we, we go through the same like evolution process and then eventually get to humans, mm-hmm. right? But like the code is the same. Right. So it's like there's just a ton of other humans just like out there in the world. But which is like, but here's a weird thing about that. It's like, what if you visited Earth and they're all dinosaurs, and then you're like, oh, whoa, like it's not ready yet. We, we got to yes. like cook. We got to cook it longer. Like we got to come back. They're still cooking. They're still cooking. Yeah. Or like what if like dinosaurs just kept going and it evolved eventually into like bipedal, like very yeah. smart. So like we just have lizard skin. Yeah. You know, or like we have vestigial things like I'm a triceratops, you know, and like I have horns <laughs> and everyone's just cool with that. It just so happens that like we came from mammals. So like right. we have other vestigial things like a tailbone that's not there. Like, like. Weird things that we don't use. Yeah. But so, yeah, like that, the concept is like, we essentially are foreigners even to Earth. Mm-hmm. And so, really, like, we're the aliens 
Or there's another one, which is that we are the combination of alien DNA. So that like as the evolution process happened, there was a mixture of all these different pieces of uh-huh. other planets that came, you know, frozen through right. space and then ended up on Earth. And so it's like a, you know, it's like a stew, right? right. It's like you got the beef, you got the broth. We're like a and, mutt. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, we're just like a combination of all this DNA and yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is what humans look like this when is, you combine. This is it. The <laughs> other one that I think is really interesting is that, um, and this is, this is actually probably a pretty good thing to actually talk about the next thing, which is like that aliens could just be so different than what we could yes. possibly conceive that, again, we don't know they exist because it's just so bizarre. Like our brains couldn't even fathom. For example, if do you think an ant knows what Instagram is? <laughs> no. I've never thought about that. Like does a grasshopper know what facebook is no or what a car is no no taxes the irs like it's like it's like this is like so insane you couldn't even communicate that to a grasshopper because it's just it's literally impossible no it's so, not possible so, at all it's crazy i've never even thought about that so it's like that but like reverse it so it's like okay well like why do you think like that information pipeline like stops with us like i doubt it does so yeah. it probably just keeps going but whatever i just like it is, to think that they don't need us yet or we haven't evolved enough as a society and creature that they just keep passing the planet. Like, they're just so, like, we don't yeah. want them yet. We don't That's want it. That's actually we another one of them, it. too. They they know that we exist, and they don't want to disturb us yeah. like how the Amazon. You don't, you're like, like, you've never taken a plane to the Amazon and walked up to some random tree, pulled it back, found a bug, and you were like, squish. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> left. Like, like you just never done that. Yeah. And you're probably never going to do that, no. right? So it's like. Well, then why would the aliens who are super yeah, advanced? Yeah, we don't have anything that they need. Why would they come yeah. bother us? It's yeah. crazy. So that's that's the other one. Like I know I'm forgetting all nine of them, but um, yeah, those are some of the interesting, like more interesting ones. You know, he came up with this during a casual lunchtime conversation in 1950s, right? Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Wow, he like really thought it all through. Yeah. So it's supposedly, it's not like for fact, but like supposedly, like he came up, he like made these points, like was just having lunch and like came up with these points i guess that's just what he was thinking about you know yeah. he just decided to like he's like you know what i'm gonna put these all down on paper and but like, then you know like the person he was having lunch with was probably like dude what yeah. and now we're over like, here like wow. look at this amazing thing like this yeah. is incredible now we're chatting about it like years later yeah 70 years later it's crazy that's awesome. No, it was so cool. That was like, that was really cool. I, I love the fact that, you know, it reminds me very much of like Horton Hears a Who with Dr. Seuss, where oh, he, yeah. he has a little dandelion and there's, I guess the Who's, they live yeah. on the dandelion. Horton Hears yeah. a Who, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but like the Who's are on the dandelion and he can like hear them, but he can't see them, but they live there and the people want to like blow out the dandelion and ruin the dandelion. But he's like, no, there's people on the dandelion. Um, right. So it's to me, this is what the the paradox reminds me of. Is he's like, no, don't hurt them. They're not doing anything wrong. Like, just don't bother them. But like, right. it's this whole society on a dandelion that no one can see, and we're like the dandelion. <laughs> there are think about this too. This is like an interesting concept, and this happens just on our own Earth. There are fish and there are animals in the Amazon that you will never see ever, ever in your whole life ever. They've existed, they lived, they died, and yeah. it's like, they don't know you exist, they don't, like, it's like, you're just never going to see them. Or the ocean, how deep it is. Like, we don't even know yeah. what lives in our ocean. Creepy things down there that just never see. 
and I mean, those I'm can okay. be incredibly alien-like too. Okay, this next one blows my mind as well that you brought up. Um, consciousness being downloaded into something that's a non-organic base. So this is an interesting concept because if you think about it like we were just talking about, but like aliens, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what is the evolutionary process to eventually become something so foreign that if you were to look back at Homo sapien, you'd be like, whoa, we are <laughs> so not that. Yeah. And and that would be like, if you think of your brain, which is kind of just like this like, big clump of fat, right? Sure, like it's yeah. like this like gray matter. Most of like what makes humans humans is actually this incredibly thin piece of the brain. Like most of it is like to keep you alive and to, is like- Is it that the gray matter? The idea is this, is that it, it functions somewhat like a like a computer uh-huh. um, in the sense that it's not like zeros and ones and it's not uh, silicon and like switches and stuff, but sure. it's the same kind of uh, thing with like neurons and, and dendrites that like basically have captured what we think as memories that are these like images that our brain can create that we think of as memories. Mm-hmm. That information at some point, perhaps sooner than we think through Neuralink, um, will, which is what Elon Musk is like literally yeah. creating, is could just be downloaded. And then now there's some weird stuff there because if you download your brain, your original brain is now you. Who is you? Yeah. It's immediately this very bizarre theoretical problem of like, who is you? Because you've now copied it. I feel like so, you could also get in some legal matter, or like some legal oh, stuff sure. at that point. 100%, 100%. Like, if you lie yeah. about like someone commits murder or something, but you've downloaded your brain, like, who's is that your brain that's on like a flash drive at that point? Like, what you're talking about, like, is that yeah. your brain or is that now property that can be searched? Because they can go through <laughs> and like search the whole thing, yeah. you know? So your consciousness or whatever is like, that's a kind of a bizarre thing to think about. Cause it's yeah. Like, if you replicate it in order to put it into another body, like, cause like, think about this, you 3d print a new body, they take your DNA, they can figure out how to like 3d print your bones, all your organs, all yeah. the things you get up to 78 years old and they're like, you know what? We're going to take your brain out. We're going to download it. We're going to put it into a new body. Boom. Right. That's Weird. really cool. That sounds really awesome. That yeah. sounds like you could just keep going on and on and on, you know, like life forever. could be like forever. But then you start thinking about it, you're like, well, wait a minute, why put it back into the, like, the very dysfunctional, fleshy thing? Like, why not build a robot? Yeah. And why not take your brain consciousness and just put it into like a, something that's not biological? I mean, that would make Th- sense, right? So you could be a cyborg, essentially, or you know, just a robot. <laughs> yeah. And you could explore all of the universe. So it's like, all right, when that evolutionary track happens, maybe that's the true next, like, evolutionary step that is perhaps one of the things of the Fermi paradox where it's like, whoa, we left the old ones behind. Yeah. The ones that couldn't evolve and use their brain properly. We left here. Yeah. What's crazy though, too, is like, it's not out of theoretical control. Meaning like, it's not like I said, like you turn and then I just described something you've never heard before. Like that, everything I just said is like all within like reason in the sense that like we've done micro pieces of all of that. Yeah. It just needs to to all be thrown together now. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly technically difficult. It's, like, not, like, we're doing this tomorrow. But, like, theoretically speaking, that's all very feasible. Yeah. But in theory, I mean, that's how I've I've learned everything. Sounds really good in theory. And then when yeah. you go to do it, <laughs> you're like, <Exactly>. oh. <laughs> Building a human catapult, that was, like, the epitome for me of, like, didn't see that coming. Didn't see that, that being important. incredibly cool, though. It was wild. I'm glad I can say I've done it. 
wouldn't do it again. Sketchiest okay, thing enough. I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> they all are. Every build's like that. You're like, please just work once. Okay, so one more question. Actually, two more. What is a pivotal moment in your life that you feel that led you to the point that you're you're in now? There's two, I would okay. say, actually. They're like Sweet. chapter enders and beginners kind of thing. I love that. Um, the one was I was a senior in high school and I was a wrestler in high school. Mm-hmm. And wrestling is incredibly difficult. It's perhaps the hardest thing I've ever done, actually. Um, Division one in Ohio. So Logan Paul actually finished, by the way. Logan Paul finished in the same state as me, same division. So like Division one in Ohio, he finished fifth. Okay. Okay. And I don't remember what the weight class was. I finished fourth. So, okay, just throwing that out there. All right. So that was such a challenging task that when everyone starts wrestling, and I started when I was in sixth grade, uh-huh. everyone's goal is to be a state placer. This was so not feasible. Actually, just like a lot of things we just talked about, like how your brain can't even conceptualize something. Right. My brain like really couldn't actually conceptualize placing at the state tournament, but mm-hmm. I kept working towards that goal. And when I actually did the match that made me like play, like you, there's a match in time where like when you win, you know, you're going to at least place sixth, right? Sure, yeah. Like six is the worst you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I beat this kid from the, I think it was called, it was like Lakota East or something. And I like, I was really like, I honestly, like I shouldn't have beat him, but like I was so focused and I just like, I just like did it. Like I was so in the zone. Yeah. And I beat him by like two points and like, then I was going to be a state placer. And it really, really, really changed my whole course direction because wow. it was the first time ever that I thought something wasn't feasible and it happened in reality and when that happened I literally was like that like this is the key this is literally how you do it like yeah you can apply this to anything like you literally just doggedly work at this one thing blindly believe that it will happen and then one day you will force it to actually happen and it will come true Oh, and so like I don't know who needed to hear that, but I needed to hear that. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> I yes. just feel like I got a pep talk from Nikki Haas. So <laughs> congratulations to all you guys listening that just got a pep talk from Nikki Haas. <laughs> and it's true too because like you yeah. don't have faith because you haven't accomplished it yet. It's yeah. impossible. It's just not possible. And it's usually the first go around that is the most jarring because you're just like, whoa, like. And you know what the crazy part is? It's it's actually not possible for a lot of people. A lot of people don't do it, but it's because they didn't put in the time. So it makes sense mathematically, mm-hmm. actually. It's like, oh, well, yeah, like, I mean, like you didn't cut the weight hard enough. Like you weren't going yep. to stay after. You didn't go to summer camp. Like it's actually very, very, very feasible. Think about how many people place the states every year. Yeah. A lot, right? Yeah. Like every year. And you have four years to do it. Yeah. Like, four years freshman, to make sophomore, it happen. Yeah, so it's like it's actually very, very feasible. It's just that like when it doesn't happen to you, you think it's not feasible. Right. But it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's actually very possible. So same similar thing, but like when I turned pro actually for the rollerblading, my team, my team as in my sponsor, they got me into a contest that I actually wasn't qualified for. So <laughs> I was supposed to be you're like the way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to go to the regional. I didn't even <laughs> go to the thing that is supposed to get you qualified for the one that's for your... You for showed your, like, up and everyone was like, who's this kid? No, honestly, like, because, like, the one that I actually got into was for North America. And I didn't even qualify for the one in Southern California. So, like, because oh I didn't gosh. go. So my team was just like, hey, don't worry. Like, we're just going to get you in. I was so doubtful. And in the first round, 
So the way it works is top 10 turn pro. Uh-huh. And in the first round, I was fourth. I eventually ended up seventh because of my, I had like one bad run and then one similar run. Yeah, but still. And, so like, and I was just like, I wasn't supposed to be here, but like clearly I am. So like, what are you capable of that you think you're not right now is a very weird concept to think about. You're like, you're really actually qualified, but you just haven't been in the position to yeah. be qualified yet. Yeah, yeah. Or shine or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like that's a very common thing across, like, a lot of different people and a lot of different things. Singers, songwriters, actors, models, musicians, engineers, whatever. Absolutely. Like, I did not think I was qualified at all to be sitting here with T-Core. Like... And, and, you, and, and, like, you're, like, the star. Like, everyone talks about you. So, like, you clearly are. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm dealing yeah. with a lot of hate right now. So, we're going through that part of life right now. But it's It's so crazy because, like, from my perspective, you're not. Like, from my, in my perspective, like, I don't see that. I don't... That's what's so wild is I'm like, oh, yeah, she's I'm just, like, so running, glad. The, running the show. Like, doing the thing. Like, it was just so funny that you say that because, like, I don't see any of that. Oh, wow. I just see what you guys do. Mm-hmm. I only see the videos. I don't... You know, like, I don't see... Yeah. I don't... I don't go into the comments. I don't even, and even if I did, I'd be like, I don't care about these people. Who cares? Like they're whack. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I like what I'm watching. So who cares? Well, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, one last question. You've shared so much. I like literally feel like we could chat for hours. Yeah, Your yeah. energy is <laughs> infectious. It's phenomenal. Um, one okay. last question before we get into our rapid randomness. What cool. piece of advice would you give to the younger generation or your past self? Wow, my past self would definitely be this, which is so tried and true, but only people that have... This is like such a paradox in itself. People say this. They say, stop and smell the roses. But you're like, look, bro, I don't have time to smell the roses. I'm trying to do the thing. So like, (laughs) no, like I'm not sacrificing any time. I'm not lighting up my foot on the gas pedal at all because I'm so stuck on this goal. This is not happening. But I will say... That when I look back at all the time that I spent wrestling and uh-huh. then turned and then placed at states, it was like this amount of time. All the amount of time that I spent skating and then turned pro and was only pro for like an actual relatively short amount of time yeah. before I stopped skating altogether. I look back at that now and I'm like, wow, yeah, like, okay, okay, okay like I get it now. Like, <laughs> I should have been like, maybe like, I should have at least taken brief moments to yeah. appreciate or go to the thing that I wasn't going to go to or like, and, but there is a, here's why that's such a weird, uh, it's, it's, you it's don't like, appreciate it until it's, it's over. Yeah. You don't appreciate it until it's over. Exactly. And so that's why it's a paradigm because it's like, you can only say stop to smell the roses after you've achieved the thing. Yes. Because if you never achieved it, you'd be like, well, you'd be like, oh, I should have worked harder. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, literally. <laughs> so it's like, that's why it's like, okay, but so I guess what I'm saying now is like, I feel like I've, I'm on a track. I have like things that I'm trying to achieve and like things that I'm going towards, mm-hmm. but I am like, honestly, take, I'm 36. So like, you got to take the time because like, so, I will take yeah. that advice to heart. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's so many times I'm, I'm guilty of it. I run through life constantly and I'm like, I need to accomplish the next thing. And it's kind of like time out, literally time yeah. out like <laughs> to just, to just enjoy it. It's like, enjoy the little things, you yeah. know, like. The little rewards, like you gotta, you gotta take the time, or else, honestly, what else is it worth? Because honestly, what'll happen then is like, you'll look back at it all, and you'll be like, wow, I only celebrated like the teeniest, tiniest <laughs> points, like only yeah. the epic wins, and yeah. you're like, wow, my life is only could be summed up in like four, four minutes, you know, like Literally. that's that's not fun. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, Nick, I can't thank you enough for sharing with us today. We have one more thing for people to get to know you a little bit better. Um, we are going to play a game that I like to play with people called Rapid Randomness. And basically, I'm going to ask you five questions and you're going to answer them like as fast as you can. And we're going to go to like the next one. Okay. Okay. What sort of comedy do you like? Did you say company or? Comedy. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Romantic comedies. They're like cheesy, but they're always the best scripted. So yes. I love that. Should children be protected or allowed to explore and learn on their own? Explore to learn on their own within the realm that they won't destroy themselves. I love that. What do you do for fun? I'm a rock hound. I go searching for gems in the desert. Really? Yeah. I have like a portion of an opal mine up in northern Nevada. Like I, it's like a, like a claim but, like, I do it on other mines, too. So, like, I love doing that. Like, you go to someone else's mine, and then you mine for that mineral at that person's mine. That is so really cool. cool. Can it's I come really one fun. time? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're like, right there, actually. You're very close to that's where the mine so is. That's so cool. I've gone to an obsidian field. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. That's super cool. Do you live in the moment or prepare for the future? Guilty of preparing for the future trying to focus more on uh living in the moment <laughs> i feel that if you could travel the galaxies for the rest of your life but never return to earth would you only if i had the robotic body <laughs> <laughs> i feel that i agree um do you remember the time before online shopping yeah because i come from a generation that was before the internet so <laughs> i had we had pay phones this was awesome you could tell your parents hey i'm gonna be back at eight and they didn't know what you did from the time you left until eight i couldn't imagine i was tracked the second i could leave the house with like yeah a we phone. didn't have cell yeah we didn't have cell phones how crazy that's like, insane. no I, cell phones I, I remember MapQuest. yes and MapQuest. how you had to print out the directions Oh, yes. Yeah, I yep. remember that. But I don't remember not having online shopping. But maybe that's just because, like, we would just go to the mall or something. And so it actually, in the beginning, online shopping was really sketchy because, like, they had not worked out, like, the bugs yet. So people were like, don't buy anything on the Internet. Like, it was, like, a thing. <laughs> and they're like, do not share your credit card. Like, it was, like, very – it was crazy. Like, really? now – yeah, now, like, living through, like, this cycle, like, now, like, so much is – I mean, I'm on Amazon all the time buying stuff for, like, the science oh, yeah. experiments. But it's, like – it's so crazy out in the beginning. It was like everything was a scam. I remember everything. eBay being really sketchy. It still is. So I mean, yeah. eBay's still sketchy, <laughs> but like it was really sketchy like back in the day. Yeah, even more so. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Nick, thank you so much for joining us on The Random Theory. It has been a pleasure. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and chatting. It has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day and joining us. Absolutely. Likewise. And hopefully I'll get some time to come up and we can actually just do regular science experiments. Fingers crossed. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Guys, make sure you leave a comment, like, subscribe. Let us ha know how you like the podcast. Rating reviews down below. And give Nick a little love. Hit him up on his socials. Nick, where can they find you? Everything is at Nick Uhas. He made it easy for you guys. Thank you so much, Nick. We will see you guys next week. Are you ready? Amazon Warehouse Hiring Day is coming on October 26th. Amazon will host live hiring events in your city to showcase all the reasons why this Amazon Warehouse is the place to work. Things like competitive pay, great benefits, and so much more. Drop in for some swag, bring a friend, and you could even walk away with a job. To find an Amazon Warehouse Hiring Day event close to you, visit Amazon.com slash hiring day. That's Amazon.com slash hiring day. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. 
Are you ready? Amazon Warehouse Hiring Day is coming on October 26th. Amazon will host live hiring events in your city to showcase all the reasons why this Amazon Warehouse is the place to work. Things like competitive pay, great benefits, and so much more. Drop in for some swag, bring a friend, and you could even walk away with a job. To find an Amazon Warehouse Hiring Day event close to you, visit Amazon.com slash Hiring Day. That's Amazon.com slash Hiring Day. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.